Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast, podcast number 50. This will be our 2012 Insanity Special. Well, not special, 2012 Insanity Show. And uh, with me tonight is Kimberly. Hello, everyone. And Mac. Hi. And Ian will be joining us later, whenever he gets around to it. Yeah, so he says. All right. Announcements? All right. We got uh, things starting to, to move again in the uh, local Denver skeptics community. Um, some of these things you've all heard before, some are new. Um, this Thursday, the 12th, is Myth- Mythbusters Live, um, and that's up in Loveland. On Tuesday, the 17th, Cafe Psy 1, that's over at the Wine Coop, is doing a, a program on Mars, Are We Alone? That sounds pretty neat to me. It does sound like fun. On Wednesday, the 18th, at the Denver Museum of Nature and Science, a zoologist's amazing Mongolian adventures. And then on the 19th, um, the Science Lounge, Know Your Snow. I think we've made all the jokes we can about that one. Um, Saturday, uh, January 21st, um, this is a new one I wanted to mention, the American Atheist Alliance Convention, we've said before, is going to be in town, in Denver, um, Labor Day weekend. We're going to be having it at the Hyatt downtown, and they're going to be doing an open house on Saturday the 21st. Um, there's going to be like a planning board meeting right beforehand, and then kind of more open to whoever wants to know more, get involved, or whatever. And I think they're probably going to go to dinner afterwards. Um, so I think that's going to be really exciting. Yeah, it'll be really fun. interesting to see who comes to that. Um, and we're we're kind of narrowing down. I think starting tomorrow, we're going to be voting on the theme of of the convention. Well, exciting! So that's exciting. Yeah. yeah. My my personal um, vote is for uh, rise of the rational community. Like that's that's my vote for the theme. But um, there's plenty of others. You know, some people trying to incorporate Colorado things, Mile High this, or, or you know, different stuff like that, which is cool too. Okay, so that's the 21st. On the 25th, that's Wednesday, is 60 Minutes in Space at the Denver Museum. Um, Brian, especially, if you get a chance, I think you would enjoy the hell out of this. It does sound like um, one, yeah. It's all local, like, recent news in science, explained by scientists to an audience who appreciates it. It's the kind of stuff that should be on TV but isn't. Nice. Um, I don't usually mention a lot about the Boulder Atheists because, quite frankly, they do so much. Um, it would be hard to keep up with everything. But they're doing a separation of church and state panel um, between the Boulder Atheists and the ACLU on Thursday the 26th. Um, I think I'm going to try to get up there for that. That sounds really interesting. It's on a Thursday, On though. Saturday. The t- Go ahead. It's on a Thursday. Grr. I know. They, they keep trying to get you with that. I know. Um Let's see. On Saturday the 28th is IIG Colorado's first meeting of the year doing research techniques. Um, That should be great. And then Monday the 30th um, is going to be Cafe Side 2. That's at Brooklyn's, but I didn't see an announcement for what the actual program will be. Um, But they're usually great, so um, I'd mark your calendar anyway. And finally, uh, Monday, the February 13th, again at the Museum of Nature and Science, is Darwin Day. So that should be good. That's what I've got right now for announcements. Remember, you can send anything you want to announce to it's events at amateurskeptics.com. All right. So we got some uh, some feedback this week, which was uh, kind of fun. Actually, it started, what, two weeks ago? When you, mm-hmm. um, from a gentleman <clears throat> who calls himself Dumbass. And, uh, and that's, that's, that's the name that he's kind of given to himself because, you know, he, he's trying not to take himself too seriously. So he has a podcast called The Dumbass's Guide to Knowledge, 
where he gets on there and he goes through stuff and he does a pretty good job of, um, of, you know, breaking down stuff and, um, and giving his explanations of why he thinks, you know, uh, things are, things are, uh, um, claims that people are making are inappropriate. And so he's been going back through all of our podcasts and, and giving us, you know, a little feedback on, uh, on all of them to go back through. And it, it, it's too much really to, to go through all at once. Um, did he have anything on our last podcast? I didn't see anything on uh, that one. Yeah, um, but the one the one that uh, I talked to him a lot about um, was uh, our, our burden of proof podcast, and he brought up um, uh, two things that you know when he's talking when he's dealing with burden of proof that he adds to that. Um, he was talking about the null hypothesis as well as Occam's razor, and I thought that those were those those were worth mentioning because. We, we got to remember that when we're having these debates with people that we might, the, we, we, you start from the null position, right? That they, that they're, the burden of proof is on them to prove what they're claiming. That you can take a null position, you know, um, if there's no evidence for something, you can say that, that, you know, that it, it doesn't exist, you know, because there's no evidence for it and start at a null position and work your way from there. And you've got to do that with anything, you you know, whether it's evolution or or any other claim that's being made, whether it's scientific or pseudoscience, you you have to start from a baseline and then work your way forward. And you use kind of Occam's razor to say, well, what's you know, what's the simplest conclusion, and then work from there. So I thought that was an interesting point, and we didn't really bring that up in our discussion. Yeah, he he had a lot of different. Um I think good comments on stuff. He and I had a, a bit of an email back and forth on um, my kind of overblown, I'll admit, claims on dominionism being ah. the default um, state, I guess, of people who, um, if they truly believed in God, I won't rehash the whole thing. But that was kind of fun to discuss. Um, and he's actually asked me to be on his other podcast, The Invisible Sky Monster, um, to do a... Uh, a discussion with another person about feminism. I, I'm guessing feminism in skeptic in skepticism. Oh, that's um, great. Or maybe just the broader topic. So um, we're kind of working out some times and, and dates for that. So that should be fun. And and after I do that, I'll I'll definitely report back here. Yeah, and at some point he he's invited us all on the show, and so hopefully um I'll I'll he'll invite me on for something for whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't have a you know like you have a a special a specific specialty there, and I don't really have. Well, unless it's astrology or something, you know, so we'll see. General news or it's something. It's not like you wouldn't form an opinion if asked to form an opinion. No, I'll form an anything, opinion. Right? Sure. No problem. <laughs> I'll form an opinion on anything. But yeah, it, I mean, it was it was absolutely great hearing from somebody who just found the show and had questions and wanted to continue the discussion. So that was really awesome. Um, and yeah, and, and great that we can go ahead and... and um, and let people know about his stuff. I actually tried to listen to um, one of them today on my when I was at the gym, but for some reason my my iPhone just refused to download them. But I was able to do it through iTunes t- tonight, so I- I'll get to listen to them tomorrow, I guess. I've listened to them all. <laughs> okay. And and I have not been. You know, he he's been so good about giving feedback. I I have not been so good. And one of the problems I've listened to the stuff on the bus and when I'm doing stuff and I'm not at a computer right away to write my thoughts down and ah, terrible terrible uh i'm sorry i gotta i gotta say this mr i have a smartphone yeah i don't like typing and i can get on the web with my phone 
I, 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 yes, I could write it all on my sport phone or just make some notes, and I should. But I'm looking at porn at the same time, and there's just no time to make notes and look at porn. And, and you know, I'm listening to the podcast. I'm looking at porn. I can't make notes at the same time. That's just a ridiculous thing for you to expect of me. You've got a multitask. And you're on the bus? And I'm on the – well, I get my own seat. All right. <laughs> uh, if you're looking at porn, you certainly would. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they want to share. <laughs> Uh, the last one he wrote us is on, uh, oh, sacred cows. When we talked about sacred cows and, and he agreed with us on our position that it's okay for people to have these positions, you know, to, um, that, that they don't feel comfortable challenging. So, yeah. Sacred cows do provide the best meat though. I, I, I'll stick with whatever was slaughtered recently. <laughs> Maybe nice aged meat. So anyway, so right. thank you, dumbass. Any, any, if you don't, member yeah, here? Yeah, and if you don't feel comfortable calling him dumbass, you can call him parrot. Apparently, he and I don't know what his actual name is. Um, apparently, it's uh, some complicated Indian name that uh, nobody can pronounce. So he hasn't told us. Yeah, yeah, it kind of sounds like his his actual name is wicked hard to pronounce. From yeah. what he said, but yeah, I don't even know if he can I, pronounce it. He's never used it. All right, we were talking we're about back. dumbass. Yes, we were talking about dumbass. And we are ready for science. And we are. Unless Ian had right. anything he wanted to mention about his conversations with Dumbass. I haven't done too many exchanges with him yet. I've been planning on it, but I keep getting distracted. Uh-huh. So. Ah, see how rude you are? <laughs> I know. One of our four listeners writes in, and you ignore him. <laughs> I don't ignore him. I just don't get back to him. And how is that not ignoring him? It's not quite the same thing. Gordon sh- would be just delete the messages without reading them. I'm sure his I feelings are hurt. What's going on? I, I'm sure. I, I I think his feelings are hurt. I'm sorry, dumbass. <laughs> I'll be good. Actually, I, 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 I you know, like the others, I, I, I'd love for you to come on our podcast. And more than likely, if I get the chance, I'll gladly do your podcast. So. Ah, oh, see, now he's sucking up. Yeah. Listen to this. <laughs> All right. All right. Peanuts, Brian. All right. Let's do science. some science. Oh, do you want to do something? Right. Science. Science. Are we doing science All right, now? I'm gonna, let's do science. Do, do we have any okay. idea what we're doing? Who's in charge of this train wreck? Um, <laughs> we have someone in charge, ever? <laughs> Follow the lemming! <laughs> okay, so I just found a couple of interesting, neat links here. Um, first one is about scientists inventing a painless dental filling process that uses a plasma toothbrush. Essentially, um, it uses, rather than drilling out damaged tissue, and in some cases you know, healthy tissue as well out of the tooth. It instead uses a uh, plasma, a stream of plasma to disinfect and clean the cavity, killing the bacteria and forming a better bond for the filling. It does slightly change the surface of the tooth, which allows for a better bonding with the filling material. So, um, you know, in essence, this is something that I guess they're going to start human trials next year at the University of Tennessee in Memphis. This year. And they're hoping for the FDA to approve it soon. Yeah, they're hoping it can arrive in Din's office as early as 2013. So, right, that would be a really, really fast mm. approval for the FDA. Yeah, it would. yeah, but I, the FDA is usually pretty backed up. Well, but okay, they're yeah. starting human trials, right? So, how, I mean, what kind of they've been doing trials for for quite a while now? I would have to to think, but this story doesn't. Mm. It doesn't go into that. Well, if 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 they're starting human trials, what were they testing it on beforehand? Animals. I just sounds like they're doing the human trials right now. If you read it. Okay. The, we expect the human trials to help us improve the prototype. So it sounds like they're probably in the midst of okay. working on Okay, yeah, the that makes more sense. I, I like this because the idea well, of a plasma toothbrush, I mean, the sun is made of plasma. So if you can get that power in a toothbrush, wow. 
Should I play I the like crickets? I like the idea of painless. I, I know that, painless. you know, I'm an adult now. I, I shouldn't be avoiding the dentist, but Ugh. man, if I can come up with a reason to <laughs> delay my appointment, I do. I've been told by dentists I am one of their favorite um, patients, patients just because the pain doesn't bother me one bit. I, I go with them. I, you know, they get in there. You know, I, I'm a very, very good patient. They, t- they tell me that too as they, as they walk in. I hand them my wallet and they, they're so happy <laughs> to see me. And anyway, I, I've grown out of throwing up on him. As a kid, I used to throw up on the dentist, but I, I think they like that. That might have been some sort of primitive self-defense. You know, I I had a doctor when I got some surgery. Um, you know, he he asked me if I wanted to have some more because he he liked doing surgery on skinny people. He said it was much easier than than people that were overweight. I declined to have more surgery. What was he offering? Well, I, I don't know. You know, I was just getting a vasectomy. I didn't want to walk out of there with something else. <laughs> so you got your breast done. I said, well, you know, the, you know, well, when, when the doctor that's giving you a vasectomy says, Hey, you want some other surgery while we're at it? It's like, what the hell else do you do? <laughs> Buy one, get one. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I have visions of you waking up in a bathtub full of ice with uh, <laughs> stitches over one kidney. Though. Exactly, That's... right? Yeah. So. <laughs> I haven't gone back to get more surgery since that experiment. I am t- traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> Self-healing circuits, anyone? <laughs> anyway, the other article is about self-healing circuits that essentially use... Beads of metal over the over the circuit. When the circuit cracks, the bead of metal cracks, and then will flow back into the will flow into the crack and keep the circuit connected. Hmm. And this is it's an interesting concept. It's been used before, although not on circuits. They, it's the same concept that they use for self healing punctures and tires, and um, also radiator sealant is essentially a compound with a bunch of BBs in it, or like lead BBs, and what the concept is, now understand that it's not always as effective as it's supposed to be, but the BBs are supposed to find the leak in the radiator and seal it up. They're plastic BBs for the ones for your car, they're not a lead BB, at least not anymore. Uh, they may have been at one time, but not anymore. When I tried to use it, they were lead BBs. Okay, well, so. when I used it, they were they, it was, they were plastic BBs, they're some sort of a plastic. Okay, all right, yeah, this was a compound called Bars Leak, and it had metal yeah. BBs in it. No, it, it bars does not have a... I don't think it's lead anymore. Okay. I can I, I can see where that would be a uh, hazard to the environment. Yep. Now, the question but, I, uh, I had on this was, uh, do circuits really break all that often? I mean, I, I used to be a computer tech, and it, I just can't remember any instances where a circuit break was the cause of the problem. Having all of this redundant, like, in, you know, in case of failure points, I think is awesome sounding. It just, in my experience, this is not a, you know what I'm saying? This isn't a common failure point. I, I have to agree with that. I, of all the, of all the, uh, failures I've seen on motherboards and that type of circuitry, it's usually mm-hmm. capacitors or processors that go out first. Right. Exactly. But, exactly. But, well, I mean, what are, what are we looking at in this picture exactly? I mean, it looks like a, that like, looks like a, that looks like a, not a, that, that's not a circuit. That looks like a piece of, honestly, looks like a piece of coaxial cable somebody melted through. That's what I was thinking. And, and the other question I had is if it's carrying an electric charge, um, and you have to have all this extra tubing and everything to hold this liquid metal in, 
you now you have to run you can't you can't just coat wires side by side right because if the if they if because you don't want to complete the circuit so so now right. you have to have two tubes running parallel right i mean i i, I don't exactly understand what this is for <laughs> i my concern on that also is that if you've got multiple things that are side by side like this this twisted twisted wire cable here what if some of those are supposed to carry a different current well that's what i'm saying put them all together right yeah i I, i'm not sure i'm sure it has a use not a very good example yeah it's a neat concept i don't know how useful it actually is based upon based upon what kimberly and i or kimberly said first and i echoed i don't know how useful it actually is the other question there may be other types of circuit boards though where that particular issue happens to them more often than in the inside of pcs so I mean, it's probably yeah probably not for a PC. The other thing is what what liquid metal are they using? Is it some sort of amalgam that they are producing? Because when I think of liquid metal, I think of mercury. Well, I'm thinking think that it's a metal that that's. Either. I'm thinking that it's probably a metal that I I don't know if it's melt if it melts at the temperature that the electric. It's got to be some sort of a. It's got to be some sort of an epoxy. They found the remains of the Terminator that on T one thousand, no, it's T two thousand from Terminator two. They found his remains, and that's what they're using. The whole technology is based oh. off it. We're headed for Skynet. I know it. Now, now that I would actually buy a little bit more because that was my second problem with this article. What inspiration are they taking from X Men? I I feel the only thing I can think of the X Men. The only thing I can think of as far as that goes is they showed in the X-Men, they showed the process to bond the adamantium to Wolverine as a, as a liquid process. Yeah. They showed the oh. adamantium as a liquid initially before it was bonded. Isn't there something, and, But the that... thing of it is the liquid adamantium, here I'm flying my geek flag, but the liquid adamantium did not cause him to heal from injuries. It made him tougher. His healing was what made him survive the process. Well, and the adamantium was only liquid when they were infusing. After that, it hardened. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, I'm going to process... have to say Terminator would have been the better the better uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. analogy. Yeah. Except well, for the fact that it would be a fitting... I think we've proved that the person who wrote the article didn't know X-Men or the Terminator very well. Agreed. No, Skynet got involved and made sure that um, the truth could be revealed. If everyone starts realizing the connection... Didn't we cover this one already? I've read this. uh, Ark of the Covenant. We We had it last week, but we never got to it. Okay. Leaky Ruth. Okay. Well, let's move on. Tell me about it. All right. I just found this kind of amusing. Um... Where did I open that up to? I'll just reopen it. Basically, this church, and this is from the Daily Mail, so, you know. The Daily Fail? It's of, it's of dubious quality. <laughs> but uh, it's an Ethiopian chapel that where the, the basically a leaky roof is causing them to have to move it. And so it may give us the first view of well, the Ark of the Covenant. They claim to have the Ark of the Covenant in this chapel. Hidden! Hidden! And the, only one priest is allowed to see it. He's in charge of, you know, the whole thing. But only one priest yeah, is ever I'm allowed to see it. I'm not sure if he's allowed to it. get out much. <laughs> you know, it's like this great holy relic that could, you know, if, if it was real, could convert so many people. They'd come and see it and feel its power or something like that. No, you have to hide it deep, deep in the church where no one else can see it. Just tell everyone it's dead. Only one priest is allowed to see it. Yeah. Well, that's very I much think biblical. That it's though. probably hidden because of the Nazi killing ghosts inside of it. That'd be my thought. <laughs> All right. I thought they killed anybody if you looked at it, because the skin over your eyelid is the only thing that can protect you. I mean, I'm going back to what 81 here with Raiders of the Lost yeah. Ark, but 
Yeah. Well, the article yeah. makes reference to it, but it, well, I don't think it was necessarily closing the eyes. It was a, a faith kind of dealio thing. You know, everyone else was looking at wanting power, and Indy was no, close your eyes and look away because that way it's not going to um, think you're trying to use it or something like that. You know, you're no, not like that slut yeah. lot's wife or anything. But no, that's you know, you gotta you've gotta over. really give props to the to the eyelids because they are an extremely an extremely powerful thing. I mean, eyelids. Going back to the X-Men here, can stop the destructive beams of uh, Scott Summers' yep. eyes. They can also yep. apparently allow Superman, Clark Kent, to sleep, despite the fact that he has X-ray vision and heat vision. So apparently the eyelids can actually stop that, although they may, they may actually need to be invulnerable eyelids in order to not be viewable through X-rays. But anyway, we're digressing. Anyway, I mean, the thing is, is that it's supposed to contain the, you know, the, the stones with the Ten Commandments that were given to Moses. Right. So. The, the fragments of the stones after he shattered the stones. Well, the he, he only dropped one of the they're stones. The, That's why we only uh, have ten. No, you're going back to Mel Brooks <laughs> on that one. Now, when he came yeah. down from the mountains, from he, when he came down from the mountain, with the Ten Commandments that God had written, and he saw that the Hebrews were misbehaving, carrying on, and worshiping graven images. He threw down the stones, and then he later recreated them. So what we have may not actually be what God wrote. Because he broke them. Yep. I give and the recreated 15 them from memory. crash. Ten. Ten, ten commandments ten command- for all through your obey. <laughs> actually, there's oh, like yeah. 200 and some odd actual, you know, like rules and stuff. The Ten Commandments are only a very small portion of um, of what, you know, is covered by what, like Deuteronomy and Leviticus. There, there's a lot more. So, And not well, to mention that... And to, you know, to move us on to the yeah, next article, we don't even really have to wait all that long since Jesus is coming back and we can ask him. Well, yep. this article fit in so well with the um, the overall idea of our podcast tonight, the 2012 Insanity, and um, considering the church that it's coming from, it definitely had a direct link to me. Okay, so a former Worldwide Church of God preacher says Jesus Christ is returning. Well, the Worldwide Church of God is the church my dad belonged to. I was wondering and, that. And um, they're the ones that were saying that... Um, the world was going to end in 1975. My dad really believed in all that stuff, apparently, and based his whole life on that. And okay. you know, when I was born, my parents weren't celebrating Christmas and Halloween and all those. Uh, my dad was really into this stuff. And so here we are, a church, a guy from a church that you know made a big deal about the end of the world in 1975. Apparently, he himself has made a made a prediction. I forget where I saw that back in um, the mid 80s. So, you know, there's a, a church that has several times failed to predict the end of the world. And after Harold Camping... Have they thought about hiring Harold Camping? Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently they're, they're trying to compete with him to see how many times they can... <laughs> who can fail the most to predict the end of the world? No, oh, okay. Now, are they actually predicting the end of the world? Because, you know, my new favorite website, endtime.com, um, what they're saying is that Jesus is coming back and... um and and we know that and because he were reaching the time when he's coming back, scripture says that we would only start these things would only start to become revealed towards the time when he's coming back. So now they're saying that's what the, well, that's why we're getting all this stuff now is because he's on his way back. But the, this is not the end of the world. This is the end of the human ruled world, and Jesus yeah. is going to come back and rule the world. It's not the so it's not the end, but Jesus is going to come back and, and show us how it's done. Well, apparently I he's think- going to. Uh, 
I think that Jesus is coming back on May 27, 2012. I think he's right on this. I think that what's going on is uh, he's planning on waiting out the initial crowds on the Avengers, and he's going to catch a show as soon as it dims down a little bit. <laughs> but it, it says um, Winland is also predicting that United States will collapse and that there will be a nuclear war before May 27th this year. So apparently we're in for quite a few interesting months. Yeah, that's interesting because the, those are the some, those claims are some of them are similar to what End Times is saying as well. With that, what that preacher is saying, I don't think it's so the, it, I don't think it's it, the it same marks, guy. Maybe today it marks is the end of time and the beginning of half time. Right. So is this the same? So we're no, going to have a parade. Guy. Band's going to come up on the field. Bunch of commercials. I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I I just I just wonder. I, I don't know. I haven't watched the videos and stuff, but you know, it, it's just interesting. Um, some of the claims sound very similar to what End Times is saying. Um, you know, and of course, who's to know? I mean, well, realistically, and of course, at the beginning of it, for those who not, do not believe him and mock his message, he claims that they will die from cancer. <laughs> well, I would say that right. the majority of people do not believe these end time claims anymore. Right, I, I, I don't. I think cancer wards are going to be full. Well. Yeah. And we'll probably get the worst of it. You know. Um, <laughs> so, but this is May when this is happening. Yeah, camping at okay. least had an awful lot of charisma. This guy seems kind of. Well, have you watched the video? Because I have. <laughs> well, I, I have not watched the video. No, but you know, Harold Camping wasn't trying to give people cancer. So, I, well, <laughs> he 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 was really the uh, revelations type of guy. You know, there were there were I mean the fire and brimstone type of um type of end of the end of the world. But not, but not all the people that are predicting these end times are of of, of that ilk. Well, from what my mom has told me, the basic church belief is those who are members of the church will actually be um, taken up before us, and they're they're going to be the chosen ones that rule over us as we suffer for our sins and you know do all the repentance or whatever stuff to you know because we weren't believers. And so, more than likely, it sounds like he's following that basic idea. You know, that the, the those who don't believe as he does will suffer, while the rest of them are taken to overlook, look, and be kind, and you know, oh, we'll make sure you guys learn your lesson. Unfortunately, I have not seen her face, so I am not a believer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, we'll we'll follow these because we like a good train wreck, right? Um, right. But it it's just it, it is. It's tiring. Yeah, how much of this stuff well, happens? If this could actually be a record year for them, I mean, you know, you have this, you have the stuff we're going to be talking about here shortly. You know, this really could be a record year for everyone to try and throw in their hat of, um, about the end of the world. You know, let's see who can get to it first. It's going to happen. We know it. Yeah. Okay, he says May. I'm going to up it and go with April. <laughs> so, so yeah, so um, the guy from End Times is Ivan Baxter. And he has a radio show and, you know, and, 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 you know, I, I wanted to get these DVDs. They're all over YouTube. So I've been watching some of them. Yeah. It's interesting. But at the same time, it, it gets boring after a while. It really does kind of fall all of them into the same kind of thing. Like there's no real surprise that if you believe you will be saved and, you know, it, it's just so cliche. 
Well, and, and they really do use the book as a big book of multiple choice when they want to, when they want to prove something like the United States was predicted in the Bible. You know, they go and they find some scriptures that vaguely, you know, that they can manipulate to say, here, look, this, this, and this. Now, see, the U.S. was in the Bible. It's like, well, yeah, if, if, if you interpret it that way, yeah, I suppose that you could say that. But that's the problem with all these interpretations. Uh-huh. The same with the Nostradamus stuff as well. You know, right. They, they want to look for whatever prophecies they can to twist. Uh, you know, it, it's a word obsession, but I, I don't think that most people buy into this. I think it's a no, very it, small minority of uh, of even fundamentalists who who buy this. I mean, most of them. You ask them, well, Jesus said that you that you wouldn't be able to predict it. And you know, we saw that with all the camping stuff last year. You, know, you had a, a small group that was really diehard into it, and when they came out, most of them were like, "Okay, well, maybe you just made a mistake." And they, you know, it's like, "Come on, people, wake up!" Yeah, it shouldn't be that hard. Yeah, but like we'll see with the 2012 stuff. I mean, everybody's got their own just slightly slight variation, slight money making variation on the same oh, old yeah. theme. Right. Oh yeah. yes. It's all about the. Well, it's all right, about so the last be- thing before we get into that, Mayan update. Yes, I, I, I'm going to deliver a Maya culpa. <laughs> yes. The uh, the finding of Mayan ruins in Georgia. I, I'm going to have to declare myself a victim of the "it would be neat" fallacy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it didn't happen. There are a bunch of sites down in the down in the area that that have been excavated for about 20 years, but they are what is known as Mississippian cultures, and they have nothing to do with the Mayan culture. No, but let's be fair. Um, I mean, there there is some really cool stuff down there, and there's nothing there saying that, there, cool that there isn't a connection. It's just that there's no proven connection. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. so we're, so, fair I mean, enough. yeah. So, I mean, let's, let's leave the door open. Maybe they'll find something because that would be really awesome. It would be. But as it stands right now, there's no evidence that there is. Mayan culture down in Georgia. No, they've really got to make a stretch to make this work. And even the even the archaeologists who are finding it, you know, are were critical of the article. Right. There are a uh, there's a large number of cultures in that area that built earth mound structures, but those are not Mayan type earth no not, not Mayan type structures. So and they said it's distinct. They're distinct from the Mayans. You know, they're not, right. you know, there's definitely a noticeable difference if you study them. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, they'd be like saying But the it's Mayans understandable the how something... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I was saying, it'd be like trying to say the Mayans and the Egyptians were connected because they both build pyramidal structures, which are, you know, you study either one, there are huge differences, but they're both, you know, stone structures that are pyramids. You know, when I was doing my research on this, I came across a video that was absolutely fabulous um, about this woman talking about this particular article and about how obvious this is. You know, the Mayans were everywhere. And, you know, and the evidence that humans have been on the earth for millions of years is far greater than this, than that they've only been here for a couple hundred thousand. And it, I mean, so there's some there's some really wild theories out there that go far beyond even what this is saying. Well, the Mayans were very far ranging. They built pyramids up in northern Africa. <laughs> wait, wait, that was the Egyptians, wasn't it? <laughs> well, when the Egyptians left, where do you think they went? They became Mayans because why wouldn't you? And they all they 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 went through that portal that they went and they came to South America. You know, it's kind of like Jesus a Stargate, but local. Latter Day Saints. <laughs> exactly right. That's how the the Hebrews got <laughs> okay. here somehow too. So how you many know, movie I, I, into this podcast? I, 
I know what portal you're talking about, Brian, and, and South America is not a place where that led. <laughs> Antarctica, yes. Oh, that's right. That's where the... Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, I, that, I, I have to support the idea that they could find some kind of culture in Georgia because Lord knows there isn't a whole lot there right now. <laughs> in Antarctica, that's where the Predators built their pyramid. <laughs> that's right. That's what, yeah. <laughs> Oh, we are high on the geek scale tonight. This is awesome. Yeah, we're burying the let's needle. Get to 2012. On that. 2012. Let's talk about. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Speaking of burying the needle, let's talk about 2012. <laughs> Ian, we're going to let you kick this off. Tell me okay. what you got. Well, right. well, hopefully, all our listeners know the basics of the 2012 issue. I'm sure they haven't um, heard about it anywhere. I'm sure that this is the first time <laughs> that any of our listeners are hearing about the 2012 conspiracy. <laughs> Anyways, the. Uh, Mayan calendar supposedly ends uh, December 21st, 2012. Which Mayan calendar would you be referring to? Because, as I understand it, they had at least three. Good point. Um, Let's see which one. Is, I can't remember it would be called. the long-term calendar. Long-term. Okay. Yes. The long-term, which, uh, you know. I think that's what they call it, the long-term calendar. I think it's the long count calendar. Either way, it's the, yeah. Long count. Long Which count. apparently, you know, I don't know if we quite know when they created it, but you figure the Mayans have kind of wiped out for hundreds of years now. So, you know, the calendar really covered a long period of time. And apparently, whatever they decided in it, you know, people would probably pick that as the end of the world. But well, but, but they, but they stopped producing the calendar, so that must be the end of the world, right? Right, because, you know, they're not going to take a break and say, huh, we're a few hundred years ahead of ourselves here. Why don't we take a break for a little bit and start up a new calendar, you know, after we relax for a bit? They'd never do anything and like that. In fact, in fact, the, uh, the new Mayan calendars, I believe, all have pictures of kittens. <laughs> but I know they're wrong because my calendar upstairs says the world's going to end December 31st, 2012. Really? That's what mine says. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Well, we've got a correlation then, don't we? <laughs> if both your calendars say the world will end December twenty, December thirty first, two thousand twelve. Oh, I take that back. Yep. Mine goes into January twenty thirteen. Sorry. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I have another All page. Right. I, you know, even if the Mayans predicted the end of the world accurately in, in two thousand twelve, doesn't that only apply to South America because the Mayans never got up to the United States? <laughs> So based there, upon our last article there's some issues here because i mean because one one thing is is that because they kept pretty good calendars and they had three of them and so but we have to correlate those calendars somehow we have to make them match up with our current calendar and my understanding is that that that's one of the difficulties here is that there's no way to be sure 100 percent that we've matched our calendar with theirs completely right well, there's been right. a few other dates to it as well, saying, you know, yes. what you're now, talking about, how they're... Let me, just, let me just say here that the Mayan civilization was awesome for its time. They had incredible, incredible things that they had developed. They were a, they were a powerful civilization. Um, you know, needless to say, not nearly as advanced as we are now, but they were incredibly advanced for their time. So we're not mocking Mayan civilization. No, we're not, not at all. People's interpretation well, of it. Yes. Right. <laughs> well, and the other thing to, re to remember here is that, I mean, we are, that's exactly what we are doing is, is making an interpretation. I mean, yes, they're around today, but I, I don't know that you could go and ask a Mayan, you know, and if you ask them, you know, is the world going to end? They'll say no, you know. So, I mean, they don't buy it. This is, um, this is one person who isn't even an, 
um, when an archaeologist, he, he, he doesn't have the credentials to be making these claims. Not to say that that makes him wrong, but. Now, hold people- on a second here. I want to propose something. Okay. We can't ask a Mayan, but if you, if you read westward, you can ask a Mexican. I suggest we send this question in. Well, I, I, on ask.com, there's all sorts of answers. No, there's a, there's a column in westward called ask a Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> but and um, I think that there I, may be value in this. In here talking about how Mexico's acknowledging there's a second Mayan reference to the year on a whole different calendar, but once more they're saying, "Listen, this doesn't mean a thing." It's know, a chunk of something that may reference the date. Yeah, but it doesn't. They don't know yeah. what else it says. Right, but like I say, right. there's some issues with matching up the the Mayan long 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 count calendar with the Gregorian calendar. And and so they've done their best to try and make that match happen, and they're and they they're probably pretty accurate within you know a couple a year or two right or a couple of years. I, I I it's been a while since I read exactly what they went through to make that match. Okay, but there are people who have gone through and you know and tried to match up the calendar with ours. And of course, before this became a big deal, you know there are all sorts of doomsday prophecies still out there, but they were pretty much scattered. But as soon as, you know, th- this became the fad, all the Doomsday prophecies t- were just like pulled together and said, oh, this one's linked to that, this one's linked to, you know, it- it's amazing because we were talking about doing this podcast last year and we started trying to look into it <laughs> and it's just overwhelming how much crap it's is a, out there right now. It is a long trip down the rabbit hole. And you every look at link it that you, every, every link you look at takes you to three more that give you correlating or contradictory information and those take you to some other phenomenon that doesn't have anything to do with 2012. All right. Right. And they're leaking everything, so, you know, Nostradamus, uh, the Bible, everything, you know, it, it, whatever source they feel like looking into, they'll find a way to say, oh, look, there's a reference to 2012 now. It's like, where the hell was that? <laughs> no one's ever seen that before, but now you've decided to find one. And it, it is crazy the amount of stuff that's out there. Yeah. I'm kind of amazed that that, uh, that church you were just talking about is jumping on the 2012 bandwagon. So looking at a brief history of the apocalypse, they cite two different days for the, for the Mayan apocalypse from two different sources. One on December 21st and one on December 23rd. Right. Those are generally the two dates that are listed. Right. Either way, have Christmas early. Yeah. Here's the deal. Pinning this down to a particular day and a particular year is difficult. So it's a little bit arbitrary, I think. The other thing is, is that much like the point Ian was making, we get a new calendar every year too. And there, and, and, and a lot of people, not everybody, but a majority believe that the calendar just rolls over, that it starts over. And it's, and it's a countdown. It does a countdown and then it just starts over again. And, and, and that's as believable as anything. The other thing is, is that they, 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 they just lost interest in it because it wasn't doing me any good and they, they went to their yearly calendar or, or their, or their moon calendar. Um, I, I, I think that those are what they are, but I'm not positive. Um, well, my understanding of the, the Mayan calendar is they have, they have a 390, 394 year cycle and, um, and this 2012 represents the end of one of those, the end of one of those cycles. Right. But the, the calendar for the Mayans continues on past that. You know, not, not in use now, right. but the, the Mayan calendar did continue on past that. And there were references in there about Mayan dating systems that would go out to a couple of exponential numbers of thousands of years past 
where we are now, and um, it, it it really is just a bastardization of cultures too. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's really kind of insulting to them. There's no real evidence to suggest that they were all obsessed with the end of the world the way that some other religions kind of really dig on that shit. <laughs> There's not a lot of evidence before these self-referencing things that started coming out in the 70s or so about this end-of-the-world crap. Um, before that, and, and, the, and when you go really into the, the archaeological stuff, they weren't obsessed with the end of the world no. the way that some of the, if you will, death cult religions that we live with, which glorify the end of the universe, do. Well, they, right. they just simply you know, didn't have that mindset. But okay, and so it, oh, go ahead. It seems like people seems like people want to seize upon some sort of an end of the world scenario, and, and they'll find whatever happens to be the the next apocalypse. I'm going to yeah. use the line from the movie "The Mummy Returns," so we'll reference yet another movie tonight. But the next apocalypse, because what year 2000 Y2K was supposed to be the doomsday scenario because all the computers would quit. We seem to have survived that one. Then it was May 21st last year. Then it was October 21st last year. And now it's 2012. Right. And there were other than this. So, but here's the thing is that, okay, so we can talk about whether or not, I mean, whether or not the, the calendar is actually right. But there's a whole bunch. So if this is the end of the world, how is it going to happen? And they're, they're, well, they're, there's a couple of they, things that have been given for that. Yeah, they're talking about a collision with a black hole, a passing asteroid, or the planet Nibiru. Or a solar flare, and then there's the other possibility. Uh, and they, they've also talked about a, um, a um, an alignment with the with the center of the galaxy. And I think for for a lot of this stuff, we, we got to point people over to um, the uh, um, the exposing pseudo astronomy podcast, what Stuart Robbins does, because he does, he he's he's already done a lot of this for us, and he's and you know he's done a lot of um, uh, he's been on a lot of podcasts talking about this. You can check out the Conspiracy Skeptics podcast. He's been on there. Um, you can go back and look. Um, he was on the uh, uh, Rational Alchemy podcast. So he, so he's already done a lot of the work for us as far as uh, exposing yeah. a lot of these. Um, so really, if 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 you want to know about some of the astrological stuff that that people are claiming, and um, y- you really need to check out what he's saying um, because he's way more of an authority than than we are on that subject. Right. But I did take a look a little bit closer at planet Nebiru or planet X or uh, <laughs> or whatever brown dwarf that this is and it was interesting because the, so this this goes back to a um, to an archaeologist I, well he's a self-taught archaeologist named Zachariah Sitchin and uh, he he made a lot of biblical claims and stuff like that he died in uh, 2010 so he had predicted this um, planet Nebiru um, and the people that lived on planet Nebiru were um, I, I'm a little confused on because um, I've read a couple of sources here whether they they were um, Sumerians that came here and stayed here or if they just or if the people from Nebru just created us apparently they genetically created the humans and and so they created us and they're on this planet that has a um, that circles the sun every three hundred three thousand six hundred years. Um, and, and they've been called the Nebruians, and there's another name for the people who live on this planet. 
But it's also been referred to as a comet planet, which I don't know how people could live on a comet planet, or a brown dwarf, and I'm not sure how people could live on a brown dwarf. Um, so You think you get kind of pissy at him, don't get the fuck off me, you asshole. <laughs> right, so... Um, this planet is way, way out in the... Uh, Way, way out in the orbit. Well, it outside even it, it even has where well it has a, where Pluto used to be a planet, right? Oh, way it goes way far up beyond Pluto. Um, it has a it has a very extreme orbit. Um, so and it's very elliptical. It's almost if, if it existed, it would almost be going out straight, snapping back, coming back in, whipping around the sun, and whipping back out of the solar system. It would have to and it would have to be moving as fast as Mercury. Um, okay, to so come in for people to live on such a planet, they'd have to be a life form unlike what we know. Absolutely unlike what we know. Or have so some why sort would of... They, why would they create a life form on a planet that would be absolutely inhospitable to them? Uh, I, I, I don't have an answer for that. I just know what Sitchin said, and he's right. So I'm going to continue with what he said. Okay. Because we, we, I mean, we have to go with the expert here. So if do this, we really? Yes, we, we do. We have to go with the expert. <laughs> Sit down. I just want to break the crap up as I go. You're going to have to stand in the hall if you keep this up. Either they're, an un- either they're a life form unlike anything we know, or they've got some really, really good coats. All right. So I just skip to the, to the point where it's bullshit. It's bullshit. Yeah, it's not bullshit. Because have you not hit that point? <laughs> if, for this pl- if this planet had this eccentric an orbit, if it passed... Any of our large gas giants on its way in, it would be, it would be flung into spiraling into space. It's already, it's already moving fast enough that it's, that it's at escape velocity to, to come in at that eccentric an orbit and whip around the sun at one astronomical unit and come back out toward, you know, so it comes into, to basically the same orbit as we do and goes around the sun and flings itself back out. Which is, is an insane orbit. It's, it's not sustainable. It would, it would have, and so you have to invoke some sort of supernatural for, for this to be possible. And the other thing is, is why haven't we seen it? If it, even if it was the size of Earth coming in, it would be almost as bright as Jupiter at this point. If it was the same size as Earth, it would be, uh, have like a magnitude of 3.3, and I think Jupiter is, or 0.3, and Jupiter is 0.5. Anyway, it's all, if it was a, if it was as big as Jupiter, we should have already seen it. Right, well, if it was as big as Jupiter, the gravitational pull from it alone would rearrange the planets, wouldn't it? Well, we well actually that okay. as, assumes that it's as big as Jupiter and has the same mass. If right. it's as big as Jupiter and has right, and yeah, has smaller mass, because, yeah. that could be a different matter. Yeah, but it would still throw the gravitational pulls off. We, we maybe could, we can look at it and say, "Hey, look, there's a funny gravitational pull here. What's doing that?" We'd see something like that. It, if it there depends. was another planet yeah. heading through our solar system right now, well, we'd notice a few things in the um, orbits. You, you'd think. Planet. I mean, that 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 does seem logical. If it didn't have a lot of mass, it could be big and not have a lot of mass. And I, I don't know. Once again, we gotta we gotta talk to an astrophysicist um, to to how much mass you really need to to noticeably change an orbit of a planet. I don't think we need to talk to an astrophysicist okay. about this. Okay. Well, they have better things to well, do. Well, there was a comet. No, it, it, they can look at the orbit of the planets and look and say, okay, um, what is affecting? They, they actually can determine that. Okay, there is a planet the size of Earth that should be here because the way the, that planet's orbiting. Right. Um, what's affecting that? You know, they actually can do that. That is right. scientific. Wh- which brings us, often, which brings know, us to Planet X, 
because planet X is 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 a term that astronomers used to use because we we could see I think it was we could see that Uranus had a strange orbit and there was something affecting it and so by doing the math they were able to predict or was it they were able to predict Neptune either way this has been done before and I didn't write down yeah. the specifics um once again check out the uh, pseudo astronomy podcast because he he covers this quite thoroughly. Um, but yeah, so, so this, so this, so we knew that at one point, you know, we, we did predict a planet this way by, by looking at its orbit and saying, listen, there's something crossing it here. Something's not right. And they were able to find a planet. We we have looked at another solar system and said, okay, look, there must be a planet right there because we can see the orbits of these planets. Right. And the way they're acting says there's a planet here. Right. And so, but they used to think. that there was another planet beyond Neptune because of because of Neptune's and Uranus's orbit couldn't be completely um, explained by by the current physics they had, um, and so then when they found Pluto, they thought Pluto was three times the size of Earth in order to to compensate the compensations. We now know, of course, is about twenty percent the size of Earth, but yet they they figured out the physics and we understand the planetary model most. Um, astrophysicists do not use the planet X, um, you know, to, to explain that anymore. That doesn't mean that there isn't another big planet out there. There could be something beyond the Kuiper belt that we can't see, but we don't have any reason to, to believe that at this point, I don't think. But it could be there. Well, we've got much better ability to see longer distances out there as it stands right now with, with our current, current ability to use our current telescopes. We've got much better ability to see out there. It's possible, yes, we, we, we have missed something, but. Yeah, well, space is huge. It's, you know, we can't guarantee we've caught everything in our own solar system. No, but if, that. but if it was something now, coming let, at the Earth, the size of Earth, we would have seen it by now. Let yeah. me address the, uh, let me address this thing about, you said Pluto, they originally thought it was like three times the size of the Earth. Yes. Is it possible it was, it was actually larger when it was a planet? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly what happened. Is it shrunk? Somebody put it in the dryer for too long. Well, it is, in, it is possible that, that Pluto is largely composed of wool because it's got to be cold out there. Yes, those so planets got to keep it warm in the dryer somehow. Would cause it to shrink like that. Makes as much sense as Nibiru. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I figured out by the way what those good coats that they wear on Nibiru are. They are known as Nibiru jackets. Mm. Okay. No, nobody caught that. No, nobody caught the reference to Nehru jackets. Never mind. Oh, no, no. It was caught. It was assessed. It was left to die. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I did find another physicist. um, Mac, what's his name again? I can't pronounce it. What was it? Oh, um... Nassim Haramein. Yes. So Nassim Haramein is a, uh, and I haven't checked out his credentials, but he's a physicist and, uh, he's put out some interesting videos. And one of them is talking about Comet V1, which is a comet that we saw in 2003 that I, and I, I'm still looking into it. I just found this today. And so I have not, I haven't looked into it as thoroughly as I, as I wanted to, but this is where I, um, I came up with the, you know, the size versus mass argument because he's saying that this comet, and we actually can see this comet and it's pretty cool. Um, you can see a, a solar flare push it around and, and he's like, nobody talked about this when it was happening. And they're like, well, well why is that? Because he thought, because they thought it was just going to kill us and we were all going to be dead. So, so they didn't talk about it. It was going to crash into the sun. 
and I'm, I'm like, well, wait, I, I don't understand this because when, when he's saying if it, it should have, if it was as big as Jupiter and it came through and we, and we can see it, it should have changed all of our orbits and, and everything and screw everything up, but it didn't. And they're like, well, why didn't he? He's like, well, uh, I don't know. We are living on, you know, uh, well, this is our, I believe this is our spiritual second chance, you know, cause it should have destroyed us and it didn't. And so I, I don't actually know what the size of the comet is. The comet is real, Comet V1. Um, but even if it was, you know, huge, it might have had a very low mass. And so it might not have affected things too much. Um, also maybe the way that it came in the solar system around the sun, um, didn't affect orbits. I, 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 I'm still looking into the, it, it's interesting, but his claims about it are, are way beyond what I, I think they actually thought. I don't think that they actually thought it was going to destroy the, destroy the sun. Because even if Jupiter hit our sun, something the size of that was absorbed by our sun, I think it would just be absorbed. I don't know why that would, you know, why, I mean, why that would destroy the solar system other than, you know, it would, it might send gravity. I mean, I don't know, maybe gravity waves. I, I don't know exactly what his, what his claims are. But he, he seems like an interesting guy. And I'm, so I'm hoping that maybe I can do a little bit more research on him. But some of his planetary models are really interesting. And he claims that the Earth doesn't go around the sun. It's kind of being, or it's, it's being dragged through, um, through, through, did I lose everybody? No, we're here. We're here. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, we're we're ba- basically the Earth is being dragged through space by the sun, and he has a, a kind of a strange planetary model um, that I I don't really understand, um, unfortunately. But he he makes some interesting claims, but I don't know if they actually um, if they actually pan out. In in right. and some of his claims, I'm thinking, well, even if he's right, does it matter? You know, does it make that big a difference? But if you get a chance, you got to look him up on YouTube. He's an interesting guy, and of course, you know the people he's talking to are, you know, just gaga over him. So, so now the other various claims are the um, galactic alignment, yes, which um, somehow the Earth will be in between the Sun and a supermassive black hole in the center of the galaxy, and that will create havoc. But um, apparently, that already happened in '98, and the Sun's really not lined up. To do that again, um, and somehow the, the black hole—that's uh, the center of our galaxy. That's uh, what does it say? Thirty thousand light years from Earth. Well, the the other uh, question is alignment. The the word alignment. Well, align with what? What are we yeah. aligning with? Because we because we can see the center of our galaxy. It it you know it, twice a day. Yeah. Or and you know I mean something that far from the Earth, we really aren't being affected by it in the least. <laughs> I mean, 30,000 light years, trust me, that is huge. And, you know, there's no way the gravity from that black hole is having any effect on us. Even still, what does alignment mean? Align with what? Yeah. What, and, what and well, it would have to be something between, we would have to be between it and something on the other side of well, us to be aligned. How, and how often does, could, could that possibly happen? Either all the time or never. I mean, how, depending on how you want to, how you want to decide it. We align with, especially with the Earth when you put sun. in arbitrary marks of well, yeah. what you decide is important today. Yeah. Now I'm going to address real quick. Ian, you said that 30,000 light years is a, is an incredibly long time. So I'm going to go ahead and address what that actually is real quick. Yeah, yeah. Distance. Time. Did I say time? Here it comes. I'm glad we're sitting. Okay. Um, the speed of light is 299,000, 299,792,458 miles per second. The 30,000 light years is the time it would take or the distance it would take light to travel 30,000, 30,000 years. 
So it's a it's yeah. an ungodly Basically, number. Yeah, the light we're seeing from, yeah, the light we're seeing being produced from that center of our galaxy was produced thirty thousand years ago and it's finally coming to us. Okay? And that's just the light. That's not the energy. That's not you know anything else. That's just the light itself. Okay. Wait. So you know, you the alignment that we're seeing, the alignment we're seeing to the center of the galaxy, actually happened like thirty thousand years ago. So is it possible that the world has already ended and we just didn't notice? <laughs> it's be. a fair question. It, it's possible we've all been sucked into the black hole at the center of our galaxy, and we well, just if, don't if know. If there it. was any gravitational pull from it affecting us, it was produced thirty thousand years ago before it even comes to us. <laughs> Well, and remember right. that the light I, pressure sorry, is pushing out. I had out. my fact wrong. It's 186,000 miles per second is the speed of light. What I had, what I originally gave you was meters per second. Oh. So 186,000 miles per second is, or 700 million miles per hour is the speed of light. And another thing to understand, if you, you know, are science fiction fans, in Star Trek, the Star Trek series, they never got close to the center of the galaxy. Okay, the, the, you know, through all the Star Trek shows, through all of them, where they kept traveling and traveling and traveling and traveling, they never got close to that. Why? Because, he, you know, even within their realm of science fiction, they said, hey, listen, let's keep it real. We're, you know, these starships are going to travel, you know, faster than the speed of light, but they're still not going to make it anywhere near the center of the galaxy. So, you know. Yeah, because they still don't want to hit the black hole. <laughs> Isn't that where God lives in Star Trek V anyway? Oh, that was... That's a galaxy. I don't remember where that was, but that wasn't the center of the galaxy. Star Trek has never I think that might have actually been the edge of the galaxy or something like the, the yeah. far edge. But we're on one spiral arm of it. That was well, no, but they they went to other they went to other galaxies, you know. But they had kind of quadrants. No, they had the Star Alpha Trek. quadrant, the Delta quadrant, yeah, the you know that they had was quadrants. In our galaxy, though, Brian. They, they were, yeah, Trek they were absolutely. I think even Voyager was just on the other side of our galaxy. And the Delta. I don't quadrant. think it actually took place outside of our galaxy. No, it was in a different. It was in the. It was in the Delta quadrant. So I think it was a different. Yeah, galaxy. Right, but that's still in our galaxy. galaxy. The Delta quadrant was. Yeah, yes. the Delta quadrant yeah, is just. Quadrant okay. is, is one fourth of the galaxy. Okay. It was, okay. So. So it was on the opposite corner. Okay. You know, to get to another galaxy, you need you know something like a stargate and a bunch of extra coordinates. <laughs> Ah. Yes, in a really crappy spinoff. Or the Asgard. Uh, uh, Stargate Universe was not a good show. All right. So the other the other thing right. is the, the the alignment of the galactic plane, which of course already happened as well, and we're drifting away from. Yeah. So what does this galactic alignment have to do with the Age of Aquarius? Okay. Well. Are we going to have anyone sing? Or do we no, not want to go that no, far? No. But uh, so we're supposed <laughs> we're to. We're not going to sing. We're supposed. That's another thing is that we're supposed to be moving into the age of Aquarius. That's uh, and I don't know what the day is, but they're trying to move it closer and closer and closer to the Mayan prophecy. So, so you know that they're, they're juggling that. So, so I, I understand that. I understand that with the age of Aquarius, we should be seeing harmony and understanding, sympathy and trust <laughs> abound. Actually, no more falsehoods or derisions. Golden living dreams of visions, mystic crystal, yeah. crystal revelation, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the true liberation. So, but we're moving out of the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius, and all that has to do is with is where the sun is in regards to the um. I know what it's called. What the hell is it called? The horoscope thingy. Zodiac. Zodiac. Yeah. 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 And that's all zodiac it is. Sign. It's just where the sun is aligned to the zodiac, and you know it's well, not that big. But uh, apparently, where the sun is is aligned to the zodiac it, during the age of Aquarius, it shines in. Yeah, now, I did hear one. Inter- I did hear one interesting talking about how the age of Pisces was represented by Jesus. 
Uh, the age of Aquarius will be a new Messiah, and whatever age was before Pisces was represented by Moses. Okay. And, well, you look at, you know, Jesus had a lot of association with fish throughout the whole thing. And I feel that someone else, I, I heard an interesting look at it, saying, okay, religiously, you know, each age gets its own savior kind of thing, or mo Messiah, basically. And whatever was before Pisces, like I said, that's supposed to be Moses being the representation of that. Pisces, Jesus, and so supposedly we have a new Messiah coming for the age of Aquarius, according to this logic. So if you buy into what Robin Williams said and paraphrase him, he'll this time he'll look like Charles Bronson, he'll be a steel worker, and he'll be goddamn pissed off. <laughs> that wouldn't be too unbelievable. Yeah. So either that it was actually or it was actually Tommy. Okay. Crickets. <sighs> Crickets. The who? So in the end, what we have is a bunch of unverifiable claims, which are used for fear-mongering and making money. Yep. These are a few of my favorite things. How <laughs> to sell your book. Well, yeah, if you look at a lot of groups are making money off of this. Yeah. And well, a lot of these um, various pages that we've found are, oh, I have a book. I, I'm going around on tour telling you all about it. That was my, one of the... Um, DVD. That was one of the things that Sitchin did because he predicted Nebru to come back in, in uh, 2013, but he kept moving the date back a little bit so that he could kind of profit off of the whole um, Mayan 2012 excitement. Now, oh, I have did, Wasn't here. there a link on here about, um, you know, people who were, I can't remember where it was. Was it 2012hoax.org? Um, you know, really did kind of bring the where's the harm into this. You know, yeah, they, they had did. some stories on there yeah. about the scams that are being run, why they got into it. And, you know, I mean, really kind of heart-wrenching stuff talking about a small – here's a quote um, for a person who left a comment there that said, I'm a teacher and my third graders are hearing about this, meaning the 2012 stuff. A small child is talking about how if it's ending and why she shouldn't just end it now. This isn't anywhere close to funny anymore. Yeah. You know, talking about uh, – Well, I, I know this date real well is the 21st of December this year will be my son's 13th birthday. And I've joked, uh, you know, I, I've made it in a joke with him. He doesn't like hearing about it. He does not like the idea that the world could end on his birthday. It bothers him greatly. And, you know, I, I joke with him. I, I try to make it a joke. I, a, a friend of mine made it a joke like, oh, well, he's become a teenager. It's the end of the world for you. Oh. But, you know, <laughs> point there. Quinn really, yeah, Quinn really hates the idea of it. He, whenever it's brought up, 2012 is ever mentioned in that regard. He says, no, no, I don't want to talk about it. Hmm. My advice, have the cake first. <laughs> but it really is terrible, and it, and it goes into all of this religious fear-mongering, end-of-the-world yeah. bullshit that we're constantly putting up with, and, you know, the whole obsession with everybody's going to hell, and everybody's going to die, and right. all this kind of stuff. You know, This is, this is some evil, evil shit to put on a child's head. Oh. It is. Chiming back to camping, um, a lot of his followers basically wiped out their life savings, sold their houses and stuffs. And in some cases donated it to the church. In some cases, I know at least one family went and took a, took a tour across the United States and they had a tour of the United States, but now they're basically destitute. So, so well, if you really believe the world's coming in the end, why does money matter? Right. So the, what, what this, um, the, the story that I think that you're referring to is from, uh, from Sarah. Uh, Sarah is an adolescent girl who was friends with my daughter. Sarah heard about the 2012 doomsday from other kids at school. According to my daughter, she became very upset and distraught to the point of breaking down during the group meeting and becoming 
nearly hysterical. I mean, so yeah, so it is affecting, and I think it's affecting. I mean, the stories that we're hearing are from kids, like uh, you know, my I my, my girls have not. I don't know if they're not talking about it, but you know, I um they haven't they haven't even said anything about this. So I don't know if they're not talking about this at their school. Maybe they're not. It's possible. So now to try and get things a little lighter. Um, yes. Why? A, a cruise that actually sounds like one I'd love to go on. The Great 2012, not the end of the world cruise. Oh yeah. Um. Basically, uh, NASA astronaut Steve Harley, science fiction writers David Brent and Robert J. Sawyer will um be on hand, and basically the the whole thing is to just show how stupid it is to worry about that, and you know, instead get out and have fun and come back after the world's ended and say, oh, really? But you know, it, basically, it's an anti into the world thing. It's it, it's a cruise to go out, have fun, you know, talk about how stupid the whole 2012 thing was. So, you know, if you think the world's going in, go on it and, you know, enjoy your last days. If you don't think the world's going in, go on it and enjoy it. That's what it sounds like. And I've actually met Robert Sawyer a few times. He's a nice guy. Multi-award winning novelist. Now, admittedly, It'd be I can't fun quite if they the renamed the restaurant, you know, the restaurant at the end of the universe while you're on there. That'd be fun. Oh. <laughs> so, what else do I have in there? Oh, the next one. Yes, the Mystic Mayan Power Cloak. <laughs> this is oh, pretty yeah. funny. Now, this site is definitely, you know, set up to make fun of the Mayan thing. There's no doubt about it, but it's an ad for the mystic Mayan power cloak. The ancient Mayans predicted the world as we know it will end on December 21st, 2012. What will you do about it? How will you protect your loved ones? Be a 2012 survivor. Wearing the invisible mystic Mayan power cloak gives you guaranteed immunity from the 2012 apocalypse. And they show a picture of a couple of people wearing their, nothing but the invisible Mystic Mayan. Uh, one <laughs> of the people in the picture is Rowan Atkinson, by the way. Yes. I thought he looked, yeah. Well, well, Nigel, but. Well, yeah, but it's Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, you You're know. in this. I didn't realize that before. Mr. Bean. <laughs> I, I, okay. <laughs> or Black Adder, depending upon. Yeah. Johnny English. This is good. But it's definitely a fun site. Yeah. You know, I, I, I like the idea of the Mystic Mayan power cloak. I don't like the fact that they have to pluck so many invisible parrots in order to make them. <laughs> a marvel at the <laughs> antifungal, antibacterial fabric that makes bathing and deodorant use obsolete. Wow. <laughs> some people with some, uh, that really go in for the joke. This for is sure. highly affordable, yeah. too. At forty nine ninety five. Well, uh, if you look on the next page, though, where it says, show me the cloaks, there is an entrepreneur who is reverse engineering them at a factory in... And if you ought to factory today, in Pakistan, they will you- and, you'll, and you'll be seeing them for nine ninety five. Yeah, but but no, on this site, if you order today, you'll get a fr- a sacred Mayan power pebble. Yeah. Let's see him reverse engineer that. That was funny. Coming soon, Mystic Mayan Power Cloak for Pets. <laughs> Well, and finally, the absolute proof that the uh, end of the world is here. Whoop. That might be me. Sorry. <laughs> no. Celebrity wife. <laughs> Don't swap. open the ABC link. Um, <laughs> it will. It will talk to you. Okay. Um, but anyway, just I just thought this was funny and and fit into the end of the world scenario. Celebrity wife swap, which I am happy to say I've never seen one, is having one with Gary Busey and our old friend Ted Haggard. Ugh. Which I, think I watched it. I, I you watched hoping, it? I, 
Yes, I was so hoping it would actually be crazy, but it wasn't. It was like, what the hell? Are they, like, acting non-normal for themselves just to look good on TV? I mean, seriously, yeah. you know, they, they were so mellow on both sides. It's like, what the hell? Come on, people. Get into some, you know, Bruce, Busey, come on. You know, you're crazy, but we, we want the nuts super, you know, he wasn't crazy enough. I was no, very disappointed. No, really? I was expecting Nobody's a lot. Nobody's crack more. out of the... Man, it, it's so easy to find the guy acting crazy on YouTube, <laughs> you know? He, he, well, he, he said some crazy stuff, but he wasn't that bad. It was like, wow. And, and Haggard wasn't preachy or anything. It's not like, are they not trying to, you know, push people's buttons? Come on! This is what we want from TV. We want them to, you know, be ready to go at it. But no, they weren't. They were well-behaved. I was like, that's no fun. <laughs> I, I, I was really hoping that one would be crazy, but so maybe they should have Gary Busey and Ted Haggard live together and have then have their wives live together. That might be fun. <laughs> that might be more interesting. And give it more All than right. a week. Apparently, they only had a week to do the wife swap, and I don't think that's enough time to really get on someone's nerves. No, oh, I don't know. Some of those people, I think, <laughs> I think a couple of days, one day might be too the, much. Uh, the pirate family swapped with the uh, other family. That was instantaneous. Yeah. Not on Celebrity Wife Swap, but on the other Wife Swap show. The, the, yeah. Now, so far, my, we watch Celebrity Wife Swap. They've only done a couple episodes, and so far they haven't been anywhere near as good as the regular one. Apparently the celebrities are better behaved in front of the camera than the average person. Well, it, it's like this. The celebrities are already famous. The people on the Wife Swap show are trying to get famous. The celebrities, right. on the other hand, are trying to avoid being infamous. That makes sense. I don't know. I haven't watched the TV in weeks. Good for you. Yeah. I've watched one, but it hasn't done much. It hasn't moved on its own. <laughs> well, I use mine for the for a third commuter monitor. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else? Are we done? I, I think, I think we're, we're done. done. Are we done pimping Mayans? I think that's it. Nobody sell your house or commit suicide in anticipation of the end of the world. It's not going to happen. That's and your you friendly really, amateur skeptics really, reminder. If you really, really, really want to throw your money away... Uh, contact us. <laughs> we'll help you with that. <laughs> that's right. Yep. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm from Nigeria. Because I need some help. Money leads to want, and want leads to unhappiness. Yeah. I have a whole closet so... full of the Mist Power Cloaks. <laughs> I'll gladly sell them to you at a discounted price. <laughs> Lightweight ones, too. All right. Anything else? No. Next show um, is going to feature the uh, the question of is. Is Taoism compatible with atheism? Oh. So we'll get a little bit of uh, history of Taoism and some discussion points. Um, so okay. that'll be kind of a little new thing we'll do, and we'll do we'll do some news and stuff too. So yeah, okay. It'll be it'll be mostly a normal show with just a, a kind of a focus like this, but on a totally different subject that yeah. is well, hopefully not as format. silly. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna try this year. You know, it's kind of a new format. We're gonna try that. Have a real better subject at the end of the show that we focus on more. So hopefully you guys will enjoy it. Right. Yep. We, and we'll continue to use all the stolen jokes that we have in the past. Yeah. So no new jokes, yep. all just the stolen ones we've used. So, you know. Got to say, though, Taoism, it's going to be hard to find some movie references to go with that. Oh, I think you'll be fine. Get to work. You got two weeks. <laughs> you know, just, just some old, you know, Chinese fight movies. That'll work out for you. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night, night, folks. Thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. 
For more information about the Amateur Skeptics, go to AmateurSkeptics.com. To send us feedback, suggestions, or big flaming insults, feel free to contact us at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. Other contact information can be found on our website. You can leave a voicemail for the Amateur Skeptics Podcast at 720-295-7785. Music for this podcast was provided by OFM. To find out more about OFM, go to mindspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons No Derivatives 3.5 license. Thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. Amateur Skeptics website, Facebook, and podcast album art is provided by and copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture. Larger prints or custom pieces are available upon request. 